Well, you know what? I want to say welcome back to this wonderful podcast, Understanding True Love. I am so happy, so excited about how this information is transforming many young people, many young adults, and even parents to these two amazing category of young people. You know what? Get yourself ready as we talk today about pitfall number nine, and that is Christians marrying non-Christians. Because a young person, you're listening to this and you would be wondering, is it wrong for me to marry a non-Christian? Is it okay for me to marry a non-Christian? We will be talking about it today in the next segment. Please prepare yourself. Anyway, so let's get to talk about this unique topic or unique pitfall, I could say. Um, it's, a, it's a question that we need to understand as young people. It's very important for you to know this. Because I, I was at a, at a place like this uh, when I was a teenager. Um, I had a crush on a person of a different faith. And of course, as a teenager, in my mind, I kept thinking, okay, probably I will marry her. Then I'll make her become Christian. Then, like, it never works that way. It never works that way. Because the Bible is clear. It states it clearly. And we're going to, I'm going to share that in a few. So you see, in, in God's word, God commands believers not to marry unbelievers. This is what the Bible says. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And that is 2 Corinthians 6, 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. It says it. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And it goes on and on. So many Christians are bound in miserable, unhappy marriages. Listen clear, clearly. Because they disobeyed. Now that word disobeyed, I wish it could be in bold. I could say it in bold and colored. Because they disobeyed this plain command of the Lord. There's a statement that stuck in my head that said, if it breaks God, God's heart, why do you think it will fill your void? If you marrying a non-believer breaks God's heart why do you think by you deciding to get married to a non-believer is going to fill the void you have in your heart just ponder on that so Christians are contemplating marriage to unbelief contemplating sorry contemplating marriage to unbelievers usually feel that somehow their particular situation is different and that this command does not apply to them. But God's word plainly says that Christians are not to be yoked together with unbelievers. Now, being yoked is like getting th- two different things of the different types and mixing it together. Like, it does not connect. I would like to use... Um, it's like getting... Um, I'm looking for a better word. All right, I think I could use this as an example is like you getting um getting thread like because there are different types of thread 
uh, there's a thicker one and then there's a thin one and then you want to 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 weave them together there's a way it doesn't connect like one is going to get lost in the other simply as that so a yoke is a device used to join together two animals of common purpose such as pulling a plow or a plow so the, 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 to be yoked together with another person means to be united or joined with that person of common purpose so the person needs to be a person of common purpose so when a christian marries a non-christian he or she is unequally yoked together with an unbeliever so this is never god's will you should settle this in your mind once and for all it is never god's will for you a christian to marry an unsaved person no matter how pretty they are you know no matter how they feel no matter how you have drawn all these conclusions in your mind it might sound like I'm homophobic but I ain't I'm just speaking truth so which is from the word of god so god has good reasons for telling his children that they must not marry unbelievers god's ultimate goal for two people in marriage is to achieve oneness jesus said for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they too shall be one flesh complete oneness in body soul and spirit can never be achieved when one marriage partner is a believer and the other a non-believer it can never so god does not say do not marry an unbeliever because you cannot fall in love with an unbeliever you can fall in love with an unbeliever just like the story i told you i crashed but i had to decide but i could have decided as a teenager a 15 year old to just walk to this girl of a different faith different beliefs and i would just ask her out and boom would be in relationship i don't know what would have even happened because my values were totally different from her values my faith and beliefs totally different from hers so god does not say do not marry an unbeliever because you cannot enjoy sex with an unbeliever you can enjoy sex with an unbeliever you can but god is saying do not be equally yoked so what i'm trying to mention here is for you to understand that god is not saying you cannot he's saying you shouldn't be equally unequally yoked to a non-believer so god says do not marry an unbeliever because you can never achieve complete oneness with an unbeliever so marriage is the most intimate of all human relationships and there is no way a believer can have the perfect and complete oneness with an unbeliever so in this word God gives five reasons why a believer should never marry an unbeliever. That is 2 Corinthians 6:14 to 16. So, prepare your mind to get this. So, let's just take a break a bit and I shall be back.
Well, welcome back from that break. And now we get to talk about those different um, reasons. The five, I mean, the, uh, the, the five reasons uh, why believers should never marry an unbeliever according to the Bible. So the first one is what fellowship or oneness has righteousness with unrighteousness? That's the first question. So the answer is none. The believer is righteous in God's sight because he has taken Jesus Christ as his savior and he is clothed in Christ's righteousness. The unbeliever is unrighteous in God's sight because he is rejecting Christ. Therefore, there can be no oneness between them. Then the second one is what communion or oneness has light with darkness? The answer is none at all. So there are there can never be any oneness between light and darkness. The believer was once in spiritual darkness, but he has come into God's marvelous light. The unbeliever is still in spiritual darkness, and unless he comes to Christ, his future is eternal darkness. Just as there can be no oneness between light and darkness. So there can be no real oneness between a believer and unbeliever. So it's just like once light comes, like you can see a distinctive separation between darkness and light. Actually, light chases away darkness. The number three is what, uh, I mean, uh, what oneness has Christ with Satan? Again, the answer is none whatsoever. There can never be oneness between Christ and Satan. And there can never be real oneness between a believer whose spiritual father is God and unbeliever, an unbeliever whose spiritual father is Satan. You get it? Then the fourth one is, what oneness or what part has he that believes with an unbeliever? The answer is none. The Christian's interest in God, in his work, and in, his, in the glorious future that awaits him in heaven, the unbeliever's interest is in the world and the things of this world. There can be no real oneness between them. Then number five, which is our last one, is what oneness or agreement has the temple of God with idols? Again, the answer is none. The Christian's body is called the temple of God because God dwells in him and he worships God. The unbeliever's body is called the temple of idols because he puts other things ahead of God in his life. Just as there can be no oneness between God and idols, there can not be true oneness between believer and unbelievers. So when you come right down to it, some, someone who loves Jesus just does not have enough in common with someone who does not love him. You get it? So you may enjoy doing some things together, but when it comes to things that really matter, you will be far, far apart. Far, far apart. So sometimes in order to get a Christian girl to marry him, a fellow or a guy may make a commitment to Christ. He starts going to church with his girl because he sees that it makes her happy. He may even get baptized and joins the church. 
but unless he is genuinely born again his commitment will not last once they are married she will discover that he has not really changed at all Jesus said that we can distinguish between real Christians and false Christians by observing the fruit of their lives see the fruit clearly fruits can never fruit can never be hidden when we have fruits on the tree there's no way you can hide it or it can never be hidden whether by the leaves or anything it can never be hidden so he says by their fruit you shall know them this means if a person is truly born again there will be evidence of this in his life in the things he says and the things he does so before considering marrying a fellow a girl should ask this question is he a sincere lover of god can i clearly see the evidence and of genuine faith in his life does he have the kind of fruit in his life that a real christian should have is he committed is he a committed christian and it takes me back to this quest uh, to this thought the, the 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 most there are two most important decision you can you have to make in life one is accepting jesus as lord and savior then the second one is the person you will marry so the tragedy is that most young people do not take time to ask such questions that we asked that I shared earlier on they do not have the patience to carefully examine the fruit if you make the mistake of marrying an unbeliever you cannot say i made a mistake ouch so i'll get a divorce it does not work that way marriage is for life If your un your unbelie your unbelieving mate is willing to remain with you you must stay with him or her no matter how difficult it may be If you want to know where that comes from read 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 10 to 15 I think that's where my my parents were at my dad was wasn't a believer my mom was a believer or oh, actually is a believer sorry but then it got to a place where i could tell my my mom would want to take us to church but my dad is not even bothered the times when my mom is not around somehow would want to go to church but he's also relaxed so we end up sometimes staying home i would make me question then is the time he told me oh you're so passionate about the church about god let's see whether god is going to pay your tuition because i literally spent the the whole day at church and it got me questioning myself i'm like this is not right so i told myself when i get to that place of being a, a a biological parent i will make that decision of saying you know what the person i'm going to marry needs to be the person of my faith a person we have the same beliefs with and we love god and has the fruit So how do you get to avoid this pitfall? <laughs> you need to determine that I mean determine that you will never under any circumstances marry an unbeliever. Deliberately disobeying God will bring serious consequences. I want to say it again. Deliberately disobeying God will bring serious consequences. Stay on the right course. 
Obedience is better than sacrifice. So obey instead of sacrificing. Thank you so much for tuning to this podcast. I am so excited that next week I'll be talking about the last pitfall. Then I'll be left with one more episode to give and then we'll have a break and then step forward to uh, season seven. But I'm so grateful, so excited for how far this uh, podcast has been a blessing to you who is listening to this. Have a great time. Bye-bye.